All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 45 of the Daily Basic the first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. I'm your host, Chris Brooks. This time to my right, not my left. This time to my right, not my left. It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night. Way to go, gang. Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Yeah, it's going to be. Word of the day is cloggage. Cloggage. This goalie's great. You really. Like, I don't even know. We can't even <laughs> use that on goalies. We'll try. No, nothing to do with cloggage. Uh, but, D, <laughs> uh, last time we did a podcast, we got a Blue Jays win for you. Boom. So maybe we're just going to have to keep doing podcasts on Every Blue Jays playoff play. game days. And maybe you guys remember before the game, or before the podcast, was before the game, obviously, but, but I don't think I said this on the show, but we were talking and I said, I had a feeling that should it come down to a Zach Britton situation that the Jays would actually burn him just because that seems to be how the way sports works. Perfect all year. But Buck Showalter did me one better, and he's like, you know what? He's like, you know what? I don't even got to face him. I don't want to give him a chance. He don't even got to face him. Yeah, that, that made no sense. <laughs> Whenever that, I can't remember what his name is. I think it's Brad Brack or whatever. When he came out, I just like, all, all I saw was like the BR on the back of his jersey, and I started texting you because I thought it was Britain. And I was like, yo, D, here we go. He's going to burn him. And then I, <laughs> and then they were just like, Brack. And I was just like, oh, just, just kidding. <laughs> got to know your Orioles. Yeah. Got to know your Orioles. Yeah, yeah I, I, that was just so so dumb. But, like, I, I'll take it. Like, it's like having uh, a shootout and not putting Gretzky in. Yeah. Oh, I realized that, like, yes. I mean, I know Buck Showalter is comparing Gretzky guy. to Zach Britton. You heard it. Because it's like. <laughs> it makes sense. It's literally, like, the best player. It's at a stretch that makes sense. But it's like at Nagano, yeah. Like, him. 98 Nagano, they didn't use Gretzky. Yeah. But, I mean, no, that's fair, exactly Gretzky what I meant. wasn't exactly when Gretzky at the time. He yeah. was, like, 38, right? Um, still. But, Gretzky. still, yeah, he was still really good. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it, it was cool. I, I, I could tell he wasn't going to use him. Um, Walter is like super stubborn. Um, and when, he had his mind up clearly that he was only going to use him in a safe situation. And uh, I was super down because it meant putting in their fifth best starter before putting in the best reliever in the league. And that's how they got the W. Especially <laughs> like, like I, I think you have to like, at some point, like it, it's your season you're talking about, right? So you, mm-hmm. you have to look at any threat the Jays have to win the game as like pretty much like it's the identical. 
It's yeah. identical to a safe situation, right? Not to mention, like, it's really stupid to base your game strategy over whether or not uh, your reliever is going to get the stat that he's known for. So super like i had like a 0.56 era over yeah here. Like, and like he, out he, there. he's the best sinker ball thrower in the league right uh, among like obviously like one of the best pitchers in the league but specifically has the best sinker ball and you know that first and third with one out to edwin a ground ball gets you out of the inning yeah yeah and that's what i felt like at least bring him in then yeah because like you know edwin's just going to be looking for something to elevate just like so you know you could definitely tease easier. him with something that starts middle up and tails towards the you know downward part of the plate but yeah uh, you know it was great it was awesome. Yeah, you're not sad. No, bad man. I, I'm I'm very good, happy. Good win for the Jays. More than anything, like at that point, like it's just like you're afraid of not having any more baseball to watch. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, so, we know the feeling. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine takes fans. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, I re- remember like at the start of our podcast before we'd go on, but like for 20 minutes about stuff. Yeah, we're getting good at just cutting it short, like three or four minutes. So let's get into fantasy hockey, <laughs> wrap up the position previews. Dylan, I know you got class to get to in about an hour and a half, so hopefully we can rip through this quick so you don't have to miss any class for your, your free job. Um, hey, thanks, man. <laughs> so as usual, <laughs> Loves um, in the free we'll notes. go through um, our respective top tens at the start of the episode, and then we'll get into uh, our must-have um, goaltender that is outside of our respective top tens, as well as our breakouts, our sleepers, our busts, um, and then since there's not really too many rookie net miners to talk about, we're going to switch it up a bit for the goalies and just talk about a timeshare that we just absolutely do not want to target, a timeshare that is about as unpredictable as they get and somebody that... It's you know, not worth having one yeah, way or the other. Not worth owning whatsoever in fantasy circles. So D, as usual, we will start with you. Who do you have in your top 10, number one through three? All right. Um, so I, we talked about it a little bit before the show. Um I personally hate trying to preview this position because it's by far the most volatile uh, in the game and inconsistent year to year. Even the very best will have relative down years. Um, so it, it makes it hard. But, you know, when when you're talking about the top of the uh, the board, I guess, for, for the position, you, you want to be more than anything just safe. You want to go with a guy who seemingly will put up a pretty good save percentage and you know isn't going to face you know any type of threat to lose any uh, time should he struggle at the stop, which happens with the best of them, right? Um, so with, with me, it's Holtby at number one and Price at two, which I think, you know, is got to be the order. Um, it's the only, like, I think it's the only one we could really say, like, these guys are for sure at these two spots. Um, and they could, I think you could flip them either way, but I got Holtby at one simply because of Price's health concerns over the last few years. Uh, but hopefully, you know, like I said, there's no threat to a starting job. Uh, most importantly, plays on an incredible team that should limit the shots he faces, just not because they're great at suppression shots per se, but they just have the puck the entire time. Yeah, so, they just don't give um, up the puck. And he's going to get elite goal support should he even slightly struggle. He was he was good last year, like he was, but, you know, it was more so the team he was on. Um, and he was able, you know, he, he, he did a good job of basically, I think he had the most starts he was near the top anyway yeah yeah 68 was the top of the league i think it was tied with like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so like keep in mind he's probably not gonna hit 48 wins again that'd be kind of incredible but you know it's still safe bet to be above 40 and to me he's the safest pick on uh in the draft for the position Well, just like because you said like how good the capitals are like this this stat here speaks to how good the capitals have been um over the last two years hope has 13 more wins than jonathan quick who's second in the league so That's like they lot. just like they're so good and it helps hope you win just an insane amount of games. Uh, if he's gonna start sixty five games or whatever again, he's a safe bet to get back over forty. And then even over that two year span, he had a two twenty one goals against and a nine twenty three save percentage. Like those are just, those are really good numbers. Yeah, definitely, those are elite numbers. And so, uh, I think that makes him the clear cut number one. Yeah, like I right. like goal- as a goalie, I like Price better in general. But it's just the team in front of him gives so much more fantasy. You know, value yeah. to Holtby, so I, I really agree there. Yeah, like Price has definitely been the best goalie when he's healthy over mm-hmm, the last yeah. three years or so. He's had a save percentage above like 930, which is just insane. Ridiculous, yeah. Um, looked awesome at the World Cup, albeit playing behind a dream team. Yeah. Um, and like literally his health concerns are the only reason I would rank him below Holtby. But, you know, if you take him, if you took him above Holtby, like I, I, I wouldn't argue against you. I might even do the same. Um, just because, you know, like, like I said, he, 
seems more than anyone to have the ability just to uh, there's always goalies to do, but right now it seems like he's the guy who can just take like kind of a middling team and make them Unreal, a bona fide yeah, playoff yeah. team. Yeah. As we saw last year by them being first when he was playing, yeah, and yeah. then once he got Dropped, injured, just that so. extreme downfall in Montreal. Right? Yeah, right. yeah, nine thirty one save percentage over the last three years is just crazy. And then over yeah. that time, he's won sixty four percent of his starts. So you know, you give him sixty five starts, he's going to be a forty game winner too, with maybe a nine thirty save percentage or a, you know high nine twenty save percentage. He could end up very well being the number one goalie by the end of the year. And oh, maybe definitely. maybe another Vesna trophy in his uh, trophy case. So yeah, I mean, and I think if he sad. does start 65 games, it's hard to imagine anyone finishing ranked above him. But, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, you never know with goalies. Um, three, I went a little bit uh, down the board here. Um, but for me, you know, at, at this point, I'm just looking for a consistency. And there's no better example of that than Corey Schneider. Ooh. And he, so, yeah, I, I'm going with Schneider here. Um, he was great last year. Uh, should easily play 60 to 65 games again. He, he faced the sixth fewest even shots, even strength shots against per 60 last season. And that's from Puckletics.com, and it's going to be a stat I'm referencing a lot on this show. Um, it basically just speaks that, you know, the, the type of workload he's going to face. So, yeah, New Jersey not exactly known for being a you know, the most offensive team or the best possession team, but they do do a good job of kind of limiting the chances teams do get. And, uh, you know, they play the, you know, that, that trap system that we've known over the years. Yeah. And it does limit the workload that Schneider faces. And, um, yeah, like I said, he's a marvel of consistency at the most volatile position in the league. He's had a safe percentage over 920, six seasons straight, which is pretty unheard of. Yeah. Um, so so that, yeah, that's the only reason I, I give him the nod in this spot is – I think the Devils are only getting better this year. We've said that a lot. Um, and if you know if they're around the same shot suppression they had last year, Schneider should easily nestle into the top five. And you know, more than anything, I'm not too worried about his own play kind of wavering like you might be with some of the other guys yeah. on this list. Here's a crazy stat about Schneider. So like, I have Schneider as 11, um, and it has nothing to do. It's nothing against Schneider at all. It's all against New Jersey. So over the last three years, he's second in the NHL. <laughs> With a 9.24 save percentage, third in the NHL with a 2.12 goals against average, but 21st in wins. <laughs> like despite all all of those great numbers, all of his great play, just there's no offense in New Jersey, and it's limited him to 20 or the 21st most wins over the last few years. Which is the only reason I have him dropping a little bit because, but you know, at least you you might not get the wins out of somebody like uh, Schneider, but you're getting elite splits. Like you could. He's almost a guy you could pair with, like uh, maybe like Niemi and Letton or something. Guys who are going to win a ton of games, but not have great splits and have kind of like those things balance out really mm-hmm. nicely. Well, just to add um, to your point, um, he had the worst uh, goal support in the league last year. Um, mm-hmm. So with all the goalies across the league with at least a thousand minutes of ice time, um, he had one point five eight uh, goals for per sixty at even strength, which was the lowest out of any. So bad. Um, yeah, like on the opposite end of the spectrum, Thomas Grice averaged 2.89 goal support. So, um, you know, part of the reason I have him ranked this high is that I, you know, you, you are expecting a little bit more of New Jersey's offense this year. With yeah, the for sure. Taylor Hall. Um, but again, that's putting a lot on one guy. Um, I, I think Taylor Hall is really good. We've talked him up a lot. Um, obviously, you know, there's some risk in taking Schneider this spot, but I think the same could be said for anyone you put at this number three hole. Yep, yeah. Yeah, it's not all set, just like the top two there. Exactly. They're the only, like, super, super safe ones, I would say. there. I mean, there's some other ones, but, like, to safe as in the point of they're almost certainly going to be in the top five come season's end. Beeb, how about you? Who do you got? Let's just talk about who you have at number three first. Yeah, I was going to say, and then go first got to step in with my three. At three, I just, um, as as we just said, obviously, it's uh, after the top two, it's not all, all clear cut. But I, I have Jonathan Quick. Um, from the LA Kings, just strictly uh, because he's he's Jonathan Quick, and he, he he's kind of con- he, he's not kind of he is consistent, like D said about Schneider. Um, he's a guy who's been a, a sign of health the past couple of years, so I really like him up there. Forty win season last year, um, and that was in sixty eight starts. So again, he tied Holtby for league lead in starts. Yep. You have to like that. You you, you got to expect him to come out do about sixty eight starts again. There's no backup, but even even worse of a backup since Enroth went to Toronto. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, they have Zatkov now. Zatkov is now the new. Uh, so Schneider's old. 
No, no. not Schneider. Penguins. Yeah, Flurries. I don't even know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Kincaid. Either way, um, I, I have quick there though. He again, um, guy had a 918 save percentage. He's one of those guys where he's going to put up top goaltender numbers. Yep. But as mentioned, throw him in there with the next couple guys we're going to talk about. Yeah, right I now. have quick at three two, um, strictly because. Similar to kind of the the the, uh, the Devils there, the Kings play a nice, solid defensive style of hockey, which limits the shots on quick. Um, over the last, and then, but they also score a fair bit. So last last two years, he's uh, second in the NHL with seventy six wins, which obviously more of a team stat. But that's what we're looking for um, in goalies, and so you're looking for a guy that's going to play on a solid team. Uh, seventy six wins, still seventh in goals against average, but seventeenth in save percentage, which is a little scary. Um, but yeah. For a guy that's going to get that many wins, he is still going to put up a you know a save percentage close to 920. It might not be like the 925 that you might see from a guy like you said, D. Schneider. But well, um, if I could just chime in about quick, I have him at number four too. I think he's ultimately like super overrated for his career. I think he's more of yeah. a product of just playing for the Kings and you know because we we've seen over the years like guys like Bernier and Allen step up and you know have just as good splits over a certain amount of time as yep. quick has if not better um but the fact is he does play for the kings and that can't be ignored nope, yeah. um as much not as i would love to talk him down i'll do my best here um he's got a career save percentage of 916 which is slightly above league average he's only bested 920 once in his career um so again personally i think he's quite overrated as an individual player um he's very athletic makes a lot of athletic saves and i think that kind of you know people like seeing that sort of thing and but obviously his goals against is always going to be low playing for the best possession team in the league and there's no one there to threat steal time from him he's like brock said he's going to be guaranteed for however many starts and however many wins so despite his shitty save percentage he's definitely still uh playing for his team basically just keeps him in the top five it's it's funny because these last couple episodes you've been basically reading from my sheet even though we're not the two people sitting beside each other (laughs) because literally my first sentence is some people tend to think that Quick is overrated, but for fantasy pur- purposes, yeah. he's an extremely safe bet just <laughs> yeah. because of the Kings. Um, but number four, Biebs, who do you got? Uh, my number four is, um, and this is where I start to go a little bit different than you, Brock. Uh, I have the King, King Henrik. Comes in this season at 34 years old. And uh, as D mentioned, Schneider had six straight years of 920 save percentage. Henrik is at seven, so he's hmm. kind of one up. Uh, Schneider there but again that's an extremely impressive stat and just by two guys doing it don't don't assume that every goalie in the league is capable of of doing this because that's definitely something that the king and then obviously Schneider can only I'm pretty sure when I was looking at it I could be wrong I could have missed someone but I think they're the only two to be over 920 for the last five seasons I I would believe it too it just it shows consistency it shows health and uh what's kind of crazy about it is that Lundqvist has done it through some uh unhealthy years there but uh how about this though Two on this for one second. Since yeah, breaking it, since breaking into the NHL um, back in like 2005, 2006, Lundqvist has won at least 30 games in every single season yeah, where they played crazy. 82 games. Yeah. Besides the lockout year, which is obviously that's the nine years, year. like nine seasons of winning at least 30 games since he came into the NHL. It's insane. Yeah. So if you're if you like numbers and you like trends, then <laughs> assume by drafting Henrik Lundqvist, you're giving yourself a 30-win goaltender. Like, even two years ago, when he only started 46 games, still yeah. managed to win 30 games. And, and I mean, people aren't going to like this opinion, but I do think the Rangers are only getting better as well. They seem to be picking up some, uh, like, they didn't really lose anyone, and they picked up some young talent. Broussard for Zabinijad was a nice little trade there. I like that. Bring in Jimmy Vesey, top six forward. This is going to be a better team, I assume. Yandel's gone, obviously. That kind of hurts on the back end. Might hurt Lundqvist a bit. But again, he's definitely it's an, top uh, five consideration. It's, a, it's, an, it's an odd year, so Rick Nash is due for a good season. Yeah, exactly. He's going to so, score 50. You got to assume the <laughs> Maybe goal support is going to be there. Yeah, but I do like Lundqvist as my fourth goalie there. Um, and then my fifth goalie is uh, someone who's finally going to gonna be able to break your, let his wings loose and go and be a starter on his own. It's Jake Allen out in St. Louis. I love Jake Allen. I honestly wanted to put him higher, but the only reason I couldn't is because he just doesn't have the the prior pedigree as some of these other guys. Doesn't have the resume. Yeah, Yeah, he really doesn't. But Jake Allen last year in 44 starts at 26 wins, that's pretty good. He had a 920 save percentage, six shutouts, which was one off of Corey Crawford for the lead. Um, I think this is truly a breakout year for Jake Allen um, if he hasn't already broken out. He's only 26, so he's getting there. Um, this is a guy where he's on a great team. We've seen St. Louis goalies do phenomenal the yep. past couple of years between him and Brian Elliott. Now that it's his starts, 
I believe uh, 60 plus starts is totally reasonable, and I think if he does that, he will get you closer to 40 wins, and that's kind of nice. So yeah, so I have uh, I actually have Allen at six. Um, Allen I think is also kind of like Jonathan Quick, more a product of the Blues than just an elite netminder. Um, he has a 9.15 save percentage in his not first 99 career starts, but uh, so obviously middle of the pack there. But that's translated into a, a 2.34 goals against average, and Similar to Price over the last couple of years, he's won 64% of his starts since breaking into the NHL. So if you translate that over 60 starts, that's that's 38, 40 wins. Um, so, I mean, he might not be the greatest goaltender, but you're really just looking for a guy that plays in a good team that is good enough to, you know, maybe only allow two goals per game and win 3-2. <laughs> because, like, Allen really has a chance to be great this year. I'm super high on Allen. I'll talk more about him in a little bit uh, as well. But just because the Blues are so, so good, um, I like Jake Allen. And then who do you have at six? Um, at six, I have someone who uh, tends to kind of be crapped on every year when it comes to drafts and people just, or not even drafts, just in general, his play. But it's Corey Crawford. And I kind of moved Crawford up the board again because of the product. Uh, pro- he's a product of the team around him as well. Um, since taking over as a starter, uh, besides the lockout year, of course, which kind of throws all us stat guys for a loop. Yeah. Besides that, he's had 30 wins in every year that he's been a starter, every 82-game season. So you have to assume that, yet again, he's going to be in contention for that. Chicago comes out an absolute powerhouse, as usual. But one of the things that I kind of liked about him the last couple of years is he has stepped up his other numbers that are, are reflective of his own play. His save percentage has been 924 for the past two years. That's pretty. That's up there with the better ones. Um, it, absolutely. Last year, he led the league in shutouts, so therefore he led all of fantasy goalies in shutouts. So, <laughs> um, and most, most leagues do have that stat. Something you can't forget about and something that he could win for you. If he's getting seven and you're getting Holtby, who's only getting two all year, you're going <laughs> to enjoy your seven. Nothing against Holtby, I do assume he'll get more this year. But Crawford is just one of those guys where it seems that people always forget about him, forget that he is on an elite team like Chicago. And uh, I do assume that he'll come right back out and, uh, and and perform like he has the past couple years. Um, 32, 32, and 35 wins for three straight years is pretty nice and something you can assume yet again. Yeah, the only... Uh... The only, like, I have Crawford coming in at nine. The only thing is he hasn't started 60-plus games yeah. ever. Um, they they kind of, Quinville kind of seems to give him more rest than, you know, some of the more elite goalies, which, you know, if you're getting seven less starts, um, it's kind of important. Um, but it is nice. Like, even, like you said, he's won 30 games every year since becoming a full-time starter um, with a, a solid 918 save percentage over that stretch. And then 924, 924 the last two years is great. Um but uh, my number four was actually Martin Jones, somebody we haven't talked about yet, I don't think. Um, I was super high on Jones last year, just as he moved to um, San Jose to become a full-time starter, and he made me look smart. Um, <laughs> he won 37 games with a 227 goals against and 918 save percentage, and then also followed that up with a pretty impressive playoff run uh, on route to a Stanley Cup final appearance for the Sharks. I just think the Sharks are going to be great again this year. Jones is a, he has no competition for starts. I think he's a clear uh, top five option. I had Lundqvist at five, Allen at six. We've already talked about those guys. Um, do you have any difference in your four, five, six, D? Uh, just a little bit different order. Like I said, I got Quick at four. Uh, I have Crawford at five. Uh, identical reasons to Quick, pretty much. Although I do think he's, uh, you know, his 924 save percentage kind of speaks for itself over the last two years. Um, like you said, though, not as many starts and shot suppression, not as strong on the Hawks as the Kings, but still, you know, I, I think as safe a bet as you'll find on the market. Yeah, I have them dropping um, to nine there just here. because I think that maybe, like, this is, they're still going to be a really good team, Chicago, but they're just not as deep as they have been in years past. Like, they're not, sure. they've, they're just slowly losing pieces. and Sure, but I mean, we kind of seem to, to say that every year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they just kind of seem to find the pieces to fill in around. Yeah. And yeah, then once the trade deadline comes around, they really find the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I got Lundqvist at six. Um, yeah, basically just, uh, I, I could even, you know, definitely see an argument for him being moved up. Just like, because of Beep said, seven years straight with a 920 state percentage. Um, and probably the best job security you can find in the league. Yeah, um, yeah, it really. I mean, aside is, from sure. that one year where Cam Talbot started two games in a row when one was and people healthy. lost their minds. <laughs> <Yes. This laughs> what is happening? This is a guy who gets shelled for six goals. Like he's done it multiple, multiple occasions the past couple of years, and they just leave him out there because yeah. they have nothing to put behind him. It's like get in there. Actually, Antti Ranta is a pretty good backup, but he just like doesn't even he's ever see starts. There's like yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. he's a backup. But uh, okay, let's r- quickly rip through <coughs> our seven, eight, nine, and ten. 
cough city over here. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> um, at seven, I have Pecorine reluctantly, really. Um, but Rene had one of his best seasons in 2014-15 and then struggled last year. Uh, he is getting up in age, but I think we've talked about this literally every single episode. The Predators should be great in 2016-17, which propels Rene into the number one netminder conversation still, despite last year's struggles. He's still a really solid goaltender, um, but if I'm you, I would not sleep on 21-year-old UC Saros. Um, he's the goaltender of the future in Nashville. Um, he'll probably come into the year in the AHL, um, with Merrick Mazanic being Pecorine's backup. But should Rene start to struggle, I think Saros would be the guy that gets a look um, to kind of maybe split starts with Rene or whatever the case may be. Um, but there is also a great chance that Rene has a nice bounce back here as well. Who knows? Uh, yeah, <laughs> just to, to speak to kind of his, uh, I guess, inconsistency, and you don't really know what you're going to get. Over the last six seasons, uh, Rene has posted a save percentage over 923 three times, uh, which is elite. Yep. Um, but he's also been uh, nine ten or worse three times. Yeah, it's so, crazy. Which eh? is below he's the, the Rick average. Na- he's the Rick Nash of goaltenders. Yeah. <laughs> he so is the um, Rick Nash of yeah, he's like seemingly just goes up and down from year to year. You don't really know what you're gonna get from an individual standpoint. Uh, notably, seems to be a lot healthier coming into this season. Yeah. Held on tight to the starting job, despite uh, I mean, especially early on, he was struggling a lot. Um, and I, the security should be the same again. I think. Yeah, no, it, it should be as long as he doesn't just, like, t- totally take a shit. Right. Like, I still think so, he's a number one. I still actually yeah. think he'll have a good year. Like, Nashville's going to be unreal. Yeah, like, I have written down here, I think at worst he'll be an average fantasy goalie who has a poor save percentage, but a lot of wins and a decent goals against average to bail him out. Yeah. And at best, he's a top five fantasy goalie. So yeah. you can kind of draft him at this spot and hope for the best, I guess. Yeah. And then at number eight, I have Ben Bishop. Uh, I would love to have Bishop a little higher on this list. Um, again, I don't think he's the greatest goaltender ever. I kind of hate him because of what he does to the Red Wings every year. <laughs> so, um, But I just think he, if you could guarantee me that he was going to get 60 starts, I think he has the chance to be a top five netminder. But I just think with Andre Vasilevsky being there, um, Bishop's starts are going to be limited to maybe 55 or whatever. I still think he's going to win uh, quite a few games. Um, over the last three years, he's actually tied for first in the NHL uh, in wins. All while posting a 9.22 save percentage, so very strong save percentage from Bishop. Uh, Vasilevsky just scares me a little bit because he's also great. I just think that they're gonna Bishop's gonna lose some starts here and there, um, and maybe just be limited to 55 instead of 65 starts, which scares me a little bit. Uh, as you guys talked about already, Corey Crawford, I have him at nine. Um, not much more we can say about him. And then ten, I have Tuka Rask. Um, Rask had been a top five netminder for as long as I can remember. Entered the league as a top five netminder last year too, uh, but ended up finishing 14th overall among all netminders. Uh, the Bruins ultimately had a tough year yeah, altogether, the whole did. team. Um, but even Rask himself underwhelmed as well. Um, I think both are decent bets to have a bit of a balance back here. The Bruins seem to improve a little bit. The only thing that scares me is they still don't have a very good blue line out there. Uh, but Rask is one of the better goalies in the NHL. Um, and getting him at like the 10th pick is very similar to like Rene. I think he has the ability to still be a top five netminder, but if the Bruins struggle defensively again this year, he could drop outside the top 10 again. Um, D, do you have any changes uh, like just to your top 10 there? Or I guess 7 uh, to 10? I got Bishop at 7. I'll talk about him a little more in a bit. Uh, Rene at 8. I have Jones at 9. Uh, just quickly about Jones, just want to add to it. He faced the third fewest uh, shots per 60 at even strength last year among the qualified goalies. Uh, helped him set the stage really, really for a breakout season. But I, to me, it just seems like with how high his ranking is on you know Yahoo and a lot of the other sites, people seem for some reason to kind of be expecting the 931 guy we saw in the playoffs and in the finals. Um, but I think his mark of 918 throughout the regular season is probably a lot more accurate as a benchmark, just probably slightly above average. Um, but with shot suppression like that, on his side and really no one threatened to take away the time um should he you know kind of struggle early out the gate or whatever i think he's a pretty safe pick at this point in the draft though he probably won't be here at this point in the draft just considering um, how high he's ranked i think we i think we've made it uh pretty clear that the one thing that you kind of need out of a fantasy netminder is just a good team in front of you yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, well, that's really the only really because like the individual performance is so hard. I mean, look at some of the guys who are some of the best names hockey. We've read you their save percentage from year to year. Like it can be so hard to try to peg what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got Jones at nine and then Allen at ten. Um, the only reason I have Allen this far down is 
he's not to me he's not as proven as a lot of people like to think um played more than 40 games for the first time uh and posted a save percentage above league average for the first time last year um so obviously he seems set to be the bonafide number one but just to me i i'm just the blues always get me a little weary with their goaltenders like i you know how they like to operate they picked up Carter Hutton, who was a decent backup last year. Yep. And I actually do think he could be a decent threat to see some playing time if Jones should struggle. Alan. Um, Allen, sorry, yeah, my bad. Um, <coughs> but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think he's still obviously in the top ten, but he just kind of scares me a little bit just because he's a little more unproven. Beebs, what's your uh, seven to ten? Yeah, I don't really go too far off the board and switch anything up, so I won't go too intense with this. But seven, Martin Jones. 8, Ben Bishop, 9, Peke Rene, and why I have him dropping is strictly just because I do not believe, uh, say percentage-wise, he's up there with the other goalies. And then finally, Tucker Rask, and uh, I actually kind of had the same mindset as you, Brock. Put him and Rene in a hat, and one of them has to have a good year. <laughs> you'd assume, or a bounce back year, you'd hope. So that's why I have those guys up there. Um, top 10 for me, again, Schneider's just sitting on the outside, but he could easily find his way right in there, and with these points, easily uh, could jump ahead of either of those guys. So that's my 10. Yeah, Schneider's just outside looking in for me. Um, but that's it for our top 10s. Uh, we'll go to a quick break. And the Blue Stones, um, also, after this episode today, uh, I plan on putting together a little sheet um, for everybody of our top 10 centers, top 10 left wings, top 10 right wings, defense, and goalies, each of our respective top 10s. And then we can, uh, we'll can we tweet that out so you guys can kind of have a look. And then I'll tr- probably make a consensus top 10 uh, as well from the DFO podcast. But enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you back here in a minute. So what's the Off podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Berthew. As always, hope you enjoy those sweet licks and riffs from the Blue Stones. <laughs> Check them out on Spotify. Um, make it some good music. But uh, right now, we're going to get into our must-haves that were left off our respective top tens for goalies uh, in the 2016-17 NHL season. So we'll kick it to you, Brock. Who do you have outside of your top ten that you're really looking to target on draft day? I have Brian Elliott. Actually, uh, I've always loved Brian Elliott for some reason, just in fantasy circles, just because of his remarkable consistency and his elite splits. Um, obviously played for a really, really good Blues team over the years, uh, but he never started more than 45 games in a single year, but posted a 201 goals against average and a 925 save percentage over a five-year stretch. Like, that's just so... To post a 925 save percentage over a five-year stretch is incredible. Um, he's younger than I think a lot of people think. He's only 31, so, you know, younger than guys like Pecorine and uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Um, and the Flames, in my estimation, are a playoff team this year. Um, I think they were a good team last year, but goaltending was just... Their goaltending was an absolute shit show. Um, I think they had the worst goals against average in the league. So bringing in a guy like Elliott and even Chad Johnson as his backup, who had a nice year in Buffalo, really solidifies um, their goaltending. Elliott probably won't start you 60 games. I think he's going to be somewhere closer to 55. Um but I just still think he's going to be undervalued just because people are going to remember how many goals the Flames gave up last year and think that was an immediate um, knock on their team versus their actual goaltending. A guy who's had 925 save percentage over a five-year stretch um, is an elite netminder. And right now he's being drafted as the number 15 netminder. I have him at number 13, so a little bump there. Um, and as a number two 
goaltender, if you can get one of those number ones and slot this guy in as your number two, um, you're going to have a great goaltending tandem because I think he has a great shot to finish as a number one guy, even though he's being drafted as a clear number two. Um, but, Biebs, who is your must-have on draft day? My must-have outside of the top ten is uh, Simeon Varlamov out in Colorado. And uh, for Varlamov, what I really like about him is that there's no real pressure. Um, like, there's Calvin Pickard behind him, but Varlamov does have that starting spot. Um, he, he tends to get around 60 starts per year, and that's 60 starts per unhealthy year. He hasn't had a really <laughs> healthy year in a couple years. People forget, and they still see his numbers. And uh, it still looks like he's playing a normal workload. So it's a guy where if he is healthy, he could get up to 65 starts. I mean, might not happen anymore. But um, he's two years off of a Vesna candidate year. Mm-hmm. He's totally capable of doing it again. He's only 28 out in Colorado. Um, and as we've kind of uh, alluded to, there's a new coach out in Colorado. And this could affect quite thoughts. a bit with uh, with how Varlamov plays. I know D's going to touch on this later, so I won't take too much of his thunder. But... Um, but definitely expect less shots on Varlamov, which could lead to a better save percentage and uh, less goals against. One thing with Varlamov that's kind of inconsistent is he's going to get you the starts, probably get you the wins, probably get you the save percentage, but he's going to have a terrible goals against average. <laughs> so it's just you take the good with the bad, and I believe it's uh, it's that yet again. So just someone to look at. He's probably going to be going later than he should be, and uh, a very nice um, a very nice number two starter on your team, maybe yeah. number three starter. If you I know. actually took him yesterday. I... I, everybody was drafting goalies. They went super hot. And I actually took Varlamov as my number one, um, and then I solidified. I'm like I like him as a potential number one. Uh, his save percentage is always good, and I just I, I do believe in um, the Avalanche being a better team this year. And like even if you look, like you said two years, the anti Patrick Wall effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm even keeping him in a draft. Really? Yeah. yeah. I ended up with Varlamov, Bobrovsky, and Halak. So I think I have like three <coughs> number twos. And hopefully at least one of them, one of them can step into a number like one. Like, Brodsky's going to get hurt for sure. Yeah. Um, that's That, that goes without that. saying. Um, and then Hope, Halak was great in the World Cup, so we'll see how that works out. But I really like Varlamov. Like, even if you, you look at his save percentage in the last three years, I think it was like 924, 921, 917. So, I mean, if you average out those save percentages over the last three years, very strong save percentage. Um, 927, actually. So, toss another 10 on top. Of there you go. So, um, D, who's your must-have on draft day outside the top 10 i'll be quick here because this guy already talked about but for me it's tuka rask um I, I, he didn't miss my top 10 by much uh but struggled out of the gate last season which i think is something that we haven't picked up on quite yet that really just kind of uh diluted his save percentage for the year he had an 898 for the first two months of the season which is terrible yeah. um but from december on he held a 921 which is more in line with what we've seen from him in the past um, last year was the first time as a starter. His save percentage for a full season dipped below 920. And as a result, he slipped down from draft boards, uh, down the draft boards to start this year. Um, but like I said, I think that was more driven just by the slow start more than anything else. Um, probably not something you can expect this year. Um, and honestly, the fact of the matter is he's just not that far removed from the Vesna candidate he was two yeah. years ago. And the Bruins are still an above-average team in shot suppression last year. And they scored the fifth-most goals in the league, so... Uh, should still have some decent support, and I think it's pretty fair to count on Rass for a bit of a bounce back season. Absolutely, yeah. I like every year I've always kind of put Rask in my top five because he just was that good for so many years. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember last year, like um, the first two months, like you said, he was terrible, but and, like he was just getting shelled like every night. Like, yeah. it was bru- people, I remember people were just freaking out like what do i do with rask what do i do with rask i'm like he'll be fine like he'll bounce back he's too good it's gonna be fine and then he did actually end up have having a solid finish but i expect much better things from him this year yeah um d let's just stick with you here who do you have as your breakout goalie um this was kind of tough uh like there's you know there's the obvious ones in like jake allen and john gibson who are just straight up like um due for a, a, an increased role yeah <laughs> Um, who knows breakout role yeah exactly like they're just going to get more opportunity right um gibson especially but uh with randy carlisle taking over there gibson kind of scares me um so the other guy i'm going to look at and beebs actually turned him on to me first so i'm not going to talk about him too much i'll let beebs go into more detail but connor hellebuck um really seems to be in a good spot um not a lot of goaltending talent outside of him at all in winnipeg um, <laughs> should be a, a half decent team this year, but most yeah. importantly, uh, Hellebuck had the best even strength save percentage in the league last year. Um, so I, I think his numbers are probably driven down by their poor penalty kill a little bit. And, 
Really, I just think he's he's probably ready to excel in an ex- expanded role. But uh, I'll I'll let you expand on that, Beeps. No, really, um, you kind of you kind of touched upon it there. Uh, the re- main reason why I really like Hellebuck at this position is because I think it's it, it's been a matter of time. It has to happen, and Pavlik has to lose that starting job eventually. He kind of stepped up last year and uh, and actually made people question whether he should uh, be losing that starting job. But then he got injured and. They called up this kid with this weird-ass last name, Hellebuck. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't even really know who he was. But um, he looked phenomenal. He had a 918 save percentage, just jumping right into his starting role, which uh, speaks for itself. He's excelled at every single level he's kind of played at. So I think he's one of those goalies where, um, you know, he kind of adapts to the situation and he tends to just be a solid goaltender. I see him by the end of the year taking that job out in Winnipeg. He's definitely the goalie of the future. They know that. We know that. And... Uh, for me, this is just one of those guys where if he does end up taking the starting spot, he could uh, jump right into a number two goalie on your fantasy yep. roster. And if you have that, and uh, and you're just kind of handcuffing him, and uh, and this could be a good strategy for a couple goalies we'll touch on later. But um, if you do have that ready to go, it could it could lead you into the playoffs yeah. very nicely with some nice goaltending. Um, I I really like Hellebuck. As mentioned, they're big on him and they're big on him for the right reasons. Yeah, I uh, it was so like for my draft kit, it was so hard to rank Hellebuck because like he's the best goalie on the team. Yeah, he is. Yet he comes into the year seemingly as their number three option still, just because of the way contracts work. Like, I don't know how he's still behind these guys. Like you look at Andre Pavlik, um, three hundred seventy one career games played, career nine oh seven save percentage. Yeah, like that is he's a backup. He's not a starter. This guy comes in, proves he can be a starter. Yet he's still they're not like I don't understand. He has to be the starter. Throw Hutchinson on waivers. See you later. <laughs> really, though. Like, Hellebuck's got to be the guy. Pavlik's a backup, and Pavlik could, could be a solid backup. It just, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I, I didn't know where to rank him because I'm like, you can't put him too high because he might not even make the team. Yeah. You can't, put him, get can't put him too low because he might be the best goalie in the NHL <laughs> this year. <laughs> Who Stretch, knows? But yeah, no. Welcome to predicting goaltenders. Yeah. Voodoo. Voodoo. Um, I have a couple breakouts. We've already touched on them a ton. The first one is Jake Allen for obvious reasons. Um, the Blues have just been grooming him for this role for three years now. So now it's his time. He looks Strong good. defensive team. See what happens. I think Jake Allen's number one. Let's see how it goes. Um, then my second one is Peter Mrazek. Um, Mrazek last year was a top five net miner in the NHL through the first four months of the season and then kind of hit a wall towards the end of the year. Big wall. Yeah. yeah. He just struggled, yeah. struggled down the stretch. Great um, wall of- it was his first Goal year time. as a full-time starting in the NHL, so now like with that first year in the books, I think now he'll be more prepared for you know the 55-game the stretch that is the NHL regular season. Like He's going to have to... It's, it's a heavy workload for somebody to go through kind of for the first time, uh, and I think that kind of wear, he kind of wore down towards the end of the year. Um, but they ended up having a pretty good playoff run, too. Um, I think... A lot of people think the Red Wings are going to be terrible this year. Yep. Me as a Red Wing fan tends to disagree because we're awesome. Um, but I think that Mrazek comes in as a solid number two option. Um, and I think he has number one upside, um, which was evidenced by his strong play through the first four months of the year. If he can put a full year together, um, I mean, he really was a top five netminder for the better half of half of a season last year. So um, he's my breakout this year. I like Jake Allen too, obviously. And f- Hellebuck, I'm just, I'm all f- rattled about Hellebuck right now. Like I just, he'll do that to you. I yeah, am too. He should be starting. It just makes you angry. I, the, the thing that makes me the most mad is trying to spell his name every day. Um, but D, we'll go back to you. Who's your sleeper in net? Uh, I got Varlamov here. Obviously, Beeps talked about him as a must-have, but I think with how low he's going on the draft boards, it's appropriate to talk about him as a sleeper too. Absolutely. Um, just gonna touch on the whole wall thing. Varlamov had a 9.14 save percentage last year which is, you know, a, a bit of a down year for him, still about league average. So, you know, when you're down years average, it's not the worst case. Um, I think we're all expecting a little bit more out of him in that category. But again, the key change this season is Patrick Waugh is no longer the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, whether you love or hate the guy, he ran a system of hockey that just did not bode well for uh, possessing the puck. Um just to give you an example, it led to Varlamov facing an average of 32 even stra- strength shots sorry, per 60 over the last three seasons, third most in hockey over that span. Uh, if the Avs' new coaching staff can get even close to league average shot suppression, uh, Varley's due for a major bounce back. 
And yeah, his average ADP right now is 133 in Yahoo. Uh, slots him in about the 12th round, which is pretty ridiculous. And yeah, like for, for a guy that could be a, a, a legit number one goalie potentially. Um, yeah, he, he's going to be just dropping. going too low. And I think the co- the coaching change is going over the heads of most fantasy players. So um, look to do what Brock did, you know, last night. If there's a lot of guys uh, going off the board early and a lot of guys are reaching, don't necessarily jump on that train. Find the value where you can and hold off to get guys like Barlamov and Bobrovsky later on in the draft. You, you, you can't – people, you know, ask for draft advice a lot. Just uh, Sorry to go off on a tangent here, but you, I, I'd never believe you can go in with too much of a game plan. Um, no. You just kind of – because it all depends on what yeah, card you, you're dealt with. Yeah, right? you just have to try to maximize the value out of every pick you get, and that's what it's all about. Um, so, yeah, Barlamov can definitely be a guy to help you do that at the end of the day. Yeah, it was so funny, actually. I didn't even know going to the draft because I kind of got this league that I was in yesterday kind of got sprung on me. And I was just like, like, they were looking for a guy and uh, my sister's boyfriend asked me, I was like, you know what, sure, yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll be in it, no big deal. Um, Easy money. So, so I jumped in, I, I did the draft. I didn't even know like the rules, really. At the end of like the draft, I found out that like hits and everything was part of the league because like some of these guys were making picks and I was like, what? This is ridiculous. Like, And then at the end of the thing, I was like, oh, geez, hits is involved? And then I looked at so my team and it was category. just like all just like, superstar like young guys <laughs> and then anyways i drafted uh varlamov just with like the hope of just him being a solid number one at the end of the draft i found out that saves were a category and i'm like oh my god bring back patrick wall <laughs> <laughs> guy's gonna have like four thousand saves this year um still a p- pretty terrible defense nonetheless yeah like, he'll uh, still face so he a, might still a, a decent amount of shots but um who's your sleeper this year my sleeper um we did mention him a little bit but it's andre vasilevsky and uh this is a reason that i I don't that i like him that i don't think a lot of people are considering and that is um there's something coming up next year that's going to be super exciting for everyone and it's the expansion draft Mm -hmm. and one thing about the expansion draft is they can only protect one goalie yeah and if you're tampa bay you're protecting andre vasilevsky and you're figuring out how you trade Ben Bishop to get value before you let him go out into the wind. Does Vasilevsky Las Vegas fit the uh, criteria? Like, yeah, it, I think I think he's like played enough NHL games where he has to young. be protected. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he has played too many. So um, I think that's how it works. Yeah, that's what it is. So it's kind of it's a scary thought, but it's one that a lot of people do have to consider. And at the same time, I'm saying this not to get people away from Bishop because if he gets traded somewhere else, he's gonna start. He's still going to be Ben Bishop, so attack Bishop. But if Vasilevsky does take that starting spot, it's a lot like Hellebuck, where say you have this guy as your third goaltender, all of a sudden I see him as a number one goaltender once he is starting. Um, we mentioned earlier that Bishop starts are going to be going down regardless because of Vasilevsky. I think he's a guy where you spot start him, and you're more than likely going to have success. He has uh, he has shown great promise while in the league. They've t- had to turn to him the last two years in the playoffs, so I think they're going to give him a couple more starts in the regular season just to keep him fresh. Since Bishop, uh, if they do end up keeping Bishop for the long run, he has shown to uh, to flame out in the playoffs and kind of not flame out, but he gets injured. That's just <laughs> what happens. I, I don't know why. But either way, um, as mentioned, you can get Vasilevsky super, super, super late in drafts. Nobody's going to be thinking about it. But if Bishop does get traded, like I assume he will by the end of the year uh, due to the expansion draft, I uh, I think that Vasilevsky takes over deservedly as he should out in St. Louis, and then they Tampa. Or, sorry Tampa, and then they have uh, Goodlevsky's as their backup. So yes, they're they're, they're in set. total position to to move Bishop. They don't yeah. really have to worry about um, not having a backup even behind. Oh, it's gonna be the worst so. day ever when it's Vasilevsky and Goodlevsky as their as their goaltenders, yeah. and I gotta write about them every day. It's gonna be like ah. longest name. <laughs> I hate Tampa when they play. Yeah. Uh, but my sleeper is Cam Talbot. Uh, in his first year as a full-time starter, Talbot posted a solid, uh, actually not really that solid, but a 255 goals against average, 917 save percentage. Both were outside the top 20. Uh, but the Oilers should be a much improved team this year, which should help uh, Talbot improve on those numbers. Right now he's being drafted as a 26th ranked goalie, but I think he's a solid number two. I have him ranked at 17th. Uh, I'm going to jump on a little bit of the training that you were using there uh, earlier, D. Um, the Oilers actually did a, a pretty good job of suppressing shots while um, Talbot was in the net last year. He only faced an average of like 29, 30 shots per game, which is he, he saw the same amount of shots as guys like Corey Crawford and Tuka Rask on teams, uh, teams that are much better than the Oilers, who should be better this year. Um, and at even strength, he had a solid 921 save percentage, which um, speaks to him being a pretty solid goaltender. Um, I mean, there's nothing like James Reimer's 940 save percentage at even strength last year. But um, 
I think Talbot's just a guy that you can get super late, and everybody, I think, is just looking at him like, oh, he plays for the Oilers, they're going to be shit. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think Cam Talbot is a legitimate starter. I think he's got a chance to be a legitimate number two this year. Um, and if, if you can get him as a 26th drafted goalie, you're in really, really good shape uh, because I think he's going to move up the draft boards. Uh, there's value, sorry, is going to yeah. be way over the 26th rank goalie. Yeah. Sorry. Beebs is moving around like crazy right now, and I got kind of thrown off. My laptop died. Oh, laptop died. Okay. So we'll go to you, I guess, then, D. Who's your bust this year? Uh, this plays off nicely with Beebs' sleeper pick. Uh, my bust is Ben Bishop. Uh, nice. Still had him ranked in my top 10, but uh, he's. No, I don't think he's going to provide anywhere. I mean, you know, it, to me, the, the risk you're taking on when you're drafting him is nowhere near the potential upside, uh, especially where he's going. He has the an ADP of 15 right now. Uh, averaging being the second goalie off the board in Yahoo, um, to me, I, I just go rather go with a much safer pick if I'm looking for a goalie in this spot. Uh, so like, he's tremendous last year, but he's kind of had a history of being inconsistent. Uh, you know, j- just coming into his fourth season as a starter now, um, and then you couple that with the fact that Vasilevsky is a very talented goalie in his own right, uh, whom the organization has invested a lot of time and money into. And like Beef said, there's the whole thing going on with the with the expansion draft coming up at the end of the season. Um, so so when you put all that together, Bishop's job just kind of seems to be more fragile than anyone else in the same uh, tier or echelon of fantasy goaltending. Uh, yeah, Vasilevsky can definitely cut into Bishop's playing time if he struggles. He's probably set to start around 25 games either way. Um, and I think every other goalie around Bishop uh, just offers a lot more stability at that point in the draft. So that's the reason I have him as a bust and why I'm not looking to touch him at all in the first two rounds. Yeah, I can't disagree uh, at all. Like, he's just there's just so many red flags when you look at Bishop right now. Where the other guys, like, if you're taking him at 15th overall, like, that's terrifying. Yeah, like, I have a hard enough time drafting a goalie like that early. Like, I would have a hard time drafting Carey Price that early. Like, that's scary. Like, even taking a goalie that it always, I don't know, I have a hard time. I took Carey Price the other day, like 13th overall, and after I did, I'm like, that was stupid. Like, I could have like bunch of other forwards i'm like i could have got a good goalie later but that was dumb yeah. i was so mad at myself i was taking bishop that early is insane to me um but uh who's your bus beebs uh, um i was thinking about going in that same direction but i kind of just jumped away because i didn't want to tampa tampa people <laughs> so um do you want to have to say vasilevsky yeah. again <laughs> people won't be too impressed with me after this one but my bust is roberto luongo oh bobby and uh we mentioned this kind of with his teammate yarmer yager going into last year there wasn't much, much expectation in um, the draft, and the two of them together seemingly went super late in drafts and then turned out to have huge years and absolutely uh, give their fantasy owners and people who, who actually gave them the credit, they gave them a, a massive uptick uh, just to their team in general. Um, but one thing about Longo is he is 37, and at 37, um, any goaltender is definitely fragile. <laughs> Um, he saw. He, You're not going to talk about old bones, yet, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. But they are some old bones out there. He had uh, he had a 9.22 save percentage. <laughs> I'm not going to, but they are old. <laughs> he had a 9.22 save percentage last year with 35 wins. Something that I don't see him duplicating. And um, one thing that is coming in, and you mentioned his awesome shots per 60, James Reimer. Those is even strength save percentage of 9.40. Oh, last that's year. what it was. Yeah, so, <laughs> so crazy even strength. That's ridiculous. And, but um, James Reimer's coming in as his backup, and I think he's coming in more as a split starter. Game, I don't James. think they want to. Yeah, big game James is coming back to another team um, that we kind of like him on, and I, I do like him out in Florida. I think that James is going to take a lot of starts from Luongo. I just don't like people drafting him with expectations that he's going to start around 60 games, 50 games, um, like he did last year, because I do think Reimer's the next thing out there, and I do believe that they believe that as well. And they don't want to burn Luongo out like they did last season. Um, by the yeah. end, it seemed like he was almost, you know, he goes into the playoffs and just gets lit up. Uh, not totally his fault, but at the same time, he did look absolutely burnt out. So cuff him up is what you're saying. If you yeah, are gonna that's the thing. Like, I actually like, I don't hate Luongo, but I just think that People are still going to think he's going to start 60, you need 65 games. Yeah, you, yeah if you you're going to draft the long – and, like, honestly, if you get both of them, that's so good. Yeah, because like, they're going to be such a great team this yeah. year. Yeah. Like, that's, like, been my strategy going into, like, every draft. I'm like, I want Luongo and Reimer. I haven't done it in any of my drafts, so always didn't really work out. But, uh, yeah, right now he's being drafted on average uh, as the 13th goalie off the board. I have him ranked as number 18. Um and I think that he's not going to start those 60 games. I have it as a 50 
to 32 split between Luongo and Reimer. Um, I think that's pretty fair expectation. It's always hard to really gauge how many starts you're really going to give him. Mm-hmm. I, I, Reimer just has never, in his whole career, never really been given the amount of starts that he, everybody, that he, that he does he deserves, and that'll yeah. probably still be the case this year. Um, but my bust is John Gibson, um, and it's not because I don't like John Gibson, but I have him ranked as the 14th goalie, as a solid number two option. Right now he's being drafted as the number eight goalie, um, ahead of, like I mentioned earlier, Lundqvist, Rene, Allen, Rask, and I'm just not comfortable with that. Uh, the Ducks are probably the worst of those five teams. We're talking about the Rangers, the Predators, the Blues, and the Bruins. Um, and that's just going to hurt Gibson's value. He's kind of had some uh, some durability concerns in the past, and I think he also has prob- arguably the best backup of any of those guys. So he has the most competition for his job. So when we're talking about drafting him ahead of you know Lundqvist, Rene, Allen, and Rask, I'm not doing that. Um, so if you're doing that, I think he's probably going to be a little busty. I think he's more of a number two option than a number one option at this point. Um, little busty. Little busty. Um, but B- D, we'll go back to you really quick and wrap up our goalie and position preview uh, segment of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Which timeshare are you looking at this year and just completely staying away from? Yeah, uh, just super quick before I get to that, I just want to add to your point. Um, Gibson had the lowest shots against at even strength last season, which definitely helped pad his numbers a little bit. And I just think with Randy Carlisle coming in, you cannot expect the same this year. Carlisle one of the worst possession coaches of all time um, really rivals Patrick Waugh in that respect. But uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I agree with you there, Brock timeshare to avoid for me is anti Niemi and Kerry Lettinen. Um, they split almost right down the middle last season. And although Dallas is a very good team, they're not the best at suppressing shots. They more or less just take them all. Um, yeah. And Niemi and Lettinen both kind of seem to be below league average goalies right now. Um, they're both yeah, I think nine, they're coming a 905 in. and a 906 save. Yeah, they're both entering their age 33 season, which is pretty far on the wrong side of 30. Um, yeah, like you said, 905 and 906, they split almost, like I said, right down the middle. And the Emmy appeared in 48, letting in 43. Um, you can do the math. It doesn't even add up. So obviously they were getting pulled back and forth too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they've like I said, they're, they're, they're both getting older. They've both seen their production steadily decline. Um, and just neither of them are really good enough, I think, to kind of handcuff each other. I had it last year. It was awful. Um, oh, like they, they you they'll, really got to pay attention. Between the two of them, they'll get you enough wins, but that's it's just a lot of you know resources uh, on draft day. You're investing in, into a tandem that's going to get you a, a 9.05 save percentage. Like that's just yeah. awful. Like we mentioned earlier, you kind of got to pair them up with somebody like Schneider, who's going to maybe win less games but have great splits to at least even just sure. help salvage your save percentage at all. Yeah. Um, they're good goalies if you have them in like wins only leagues where you get like I don't know like a couple points for a win or whatever and goals against average and save percentage don't matter their value goes up a little bit <laughs> the there but still yeah like oh my god it's like the worst league save save percentage and uh, save percentage is a pretty important <coughs> stat when it comes to goalies and Niemi and uh, Letton they simply do not have it but no um, which timeshare are you avoiding bud um, I originally thought that this was we were gonna do rookies like we were before. No, um, there is no rookie. So I didn't come in super prepared, and I did have that Saros guy, Nashville, as my rookie, which also Matt Murray's a rookie this year. Crazy. Um, even though he qualifies for rookie status, even though he had that huge playoff run. That's some Matt Ken Murray's Dryden guy. shit. Absolutely <laughs> wild. Ken, yeah. Ken Dryden won the Conn Smythe in his uh, like pre-rookie season. He didn't play enough to qualify, so he won the Conn Smythe in the next season won rookie of the year. That's it's so, so ridiculous. Yeah, that is that's him. But because... like the only person to ever win Conn Smythe before the cult. <laughs> yeah, could be Murray, but um, that would involve Flurry getting hurt or something. Either way, um, I decided to take the super super easy um, road on this one, and my two starters that I'm asking people to avoid. And if you if you don't already know this, you gotta reevaluate. But do not go <laughs> do not go near Carolina's starters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that's Cam Ward and Eddie Lack. And the reason why I kind of say this, and uh, yeah, we laugh, but people love the name Cam Ward every year, it seems, at the end of drafts, and they love to fill out their goaltending with that. He won a um, cup, you know. He did, yeah. And people, <laughs> people don't forget, apparently, uh, as we're finding out. Be, like, literally, people don't forget Well, Cam, Randy Carlisle's so. got a job again, so. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Some um, people do forget. <laughs> this is a pair, though, that last year ranked 18th best in uh, league goals against average with a 270. It's not very impressive, and they're bound to split starts again, and that's Eddie Lack. I didn't even mention him as the other one. 
Uh, they're going to split starts again out More in like Carolina. Eddie Slack, am I right? For reals. <laughs> am I right? Eddie Lack uh, of talent, am I right? <laughs> am I right? Keep the zingers coming. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> but no, I don't even mind. Um, but Carolina, they're one of those teams where they kind of don't really have an identity. I don't even think they have a legitimate first line. Um, and they have it. They're just, I, I, just throwing so I don't mean to rip them this so hard, but it they just, actually are. their team just like you look at it. But then again, I said this exact same thing about Sorry, um, fans. New Jersey last year and they came out flying. So, uh, but yeah, just stay away from Cam Ward, stay away from Eddie Locke. As I mentioned, it's obvious, but just keep, just don't do it. Cam Ward, no. I started my NHL 17 franchise with the Hurricanes. It was the worst decision I've ever made. It's so hard to win games with oh, those I got guys. Four guys with trade values. It's right. like going up to bat with a weight around your bat, you know? <laughs> Forgetting Jesus. to take the training weight off. <laughs> the game's hard enough to win already, and then I have to play with the Hurricanes. It's just like give the puck to Skinner or Justin Falk, or you're done. They're one of the only teams where I've seen Poor more than Skinner. one player on their first line not get drafted in a draft. Like, yeah. Nestrosel is currently on their top line, and he's yeah. not getting drafted, as he shouldn't. And it's just... I, I think, know. like, Skinner and, like, Falk are the only players on that team that are actually getting drafted. My boy, Victor Rask. Oh, yeah, Victor Rask is good, too. Sorry. But uh, my <laughs> timeshare to avoid this year is in Philadelphia. Uh, Mason is the number one out there. Um, he was the number one out there last year, but he was actually pretty badly outplayed by Michael Nwyverth. Windsor alert. Uh, <laughs> I would still draft Mason before Nwyverth this year. <laughs> Um, but I'm just still worried that last year could repeat itself. I think Nwyverth is a pretty good goaltender in his own right. Um, I just you just don't want him to start because you can't really pronounce his name. Nwyverth, Nwyverth. I don't know how a lot of people say it differently. I like Nwyverth. It's more fun. Um, I was just Nwyverth. Yeah, it probably is. But I'm going Nwyverth just because. I got to the crap out of it, dude. No respect. Yeah. That's yeah. The, no, that's res- no respect. Way. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that um, Mason has proved to be American. super. Super inconsistent over um, his NHL career, albeit still pretty decent. Uh, but Neuver is uh, a solid backup who will definitely push him for starts like he did last year. Right. Uh, I mean, Neuver, I think had like the tenth. He had like the tenth best save percentage in the NHL last year. Yeah, it's gross. Took yeah, a start nice. from Razik in uh, yeah. the World Cup of hockey. I think a, a, avoiding Philadelphia goaltending is nothing new. Um, no, yeah, it's like about. It's about as bread and butter as it gets. Something we've been doing <laughs> yeah. since we were born, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Since the days of Ontario. I, I was bo- I was born. Hey, I was just like, manic, buddy. Yeah, I was born and I was like, oh yeah, I can never draft the Flyers. Robert Ash, buddy. <laughs> Check was good. Did, did, did you guys <laughs> see Mackie, uh, buddy? All right. <laughs> Jesus. <Got> did, um, <laughs> did you guys see what's his name's tweet the other day? Brzgalovs. No. He tweeted like a picture. It was like a, a picture that he autographed or something. And I think it was like Crosby like going to like score a goal on him. And Brzgalov was like coming across trying to make like a miraculous save. And then he's just like spot the Flyers defenseman. It was literally just like Crosby and three Penguins just standing <laughs> around him. And there was just like not a single other Flyer in the picture. The worst was, part is it was probably from that playoff series too oh, where they man. just beat the crap out he of He just players. like spot the Flyers defenseman. It was funny because he literally took like from like March until October, he just like took a huge hiatus from Twitter and then just like came back and just like threw that fire at him. Just comes back Castle to take style. a deuce on his old team real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Castle style. Like, you wait a year to tweet and when you do, you just throw shit. It was so funny too. Like the comments on like the tweet were just ridiculous. Yeah, like everybody's just like spot the fat ass goalie and just like <laughs> so much just ridiculous Jeez. shit. Jeez. Tim Thomas in the pit. In this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's it for episode number 35 and our position preview segment <laughs> of the DFO podcast. Um, we're going to get back. I'm gone for the weekend again, but we're going to get yeah. back. We're going to get back next week. We're not going to afford um, to leave for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Um, we're going to get back next week with our mock draft <laughs> and maybe some more preview. I, we might even revisit some of our favorite sleepers again, but we're going to do a mock draft for sure. I'm Brock Segan for Beebs, Bonnie, and Dylan Berthew. Here's the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. In your ears. Oh, can't you see? And I'm the match and let's breathe.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.